Hey Gems, welcome back to the show. Let's not waste any time and jump straight into the topic. Welcome back to another episode in the attachment series. We're back into talking about how it is to date each attachment style, what it's like, and how to help you have an easier time in your relationship. So if you haven't listened to the first of this series, make sure that you scroll back through and find how to date someone with an anxious attachment style. And if you haven't listened to any of the attachment episodes, I highly recommend that you start with the All About Attachment and kind of go through that series accordingly so that you have the foundational pieces for what we're going to be discussing today. Now, if you know me, you know I love attachment. It's all I talk about, that and money. Um, And I think that it's really important to note that all of this has to be taken with a grain, like a grain of of sand. Is it salt or sand? Oh boy. <laughs> Take it with a grain of whatever, okay? Whatever you choose. It's not law. It's just loose guidelines and a way for us to better understand what's going on with ourselves and in our relationships. So that being said, Make sure that you, you know, you learn more about attachment, but know that there are other filters and ways of seeing how relationships work and things like that. I just personally absolutely love attachment style. Now, if this is your first time listening, um, attachment, you know, the quick spiel is that in our early childhood, in our early years, we learn how to attach and whether we trust the world naturally or we naturally question and doubt the world and our experiences in it. So, Uh, About half of the population is securely attached and the other two, the other half is kind of split um, as far as insecure attachment between anxiously attached individuals and then avoidantly attached individuals. So depending on what you look at, you're going to see some different information. You're going to see, you know, anxious preoccupied. You're going to see anxious. I think there's even, mm, yeah, I think there's anxious avoidant and then there's dismissive avoidant and there's also fearful avoidance. So depending on what site and who you're, you know, who you're getting your information from, you're going to see these different ways, but know that there are three main types. They're secure, avoidant, or anxious, okay? We talked about what it's like to date someone that's anxiously attached. Today, we're talking about what it's like to date someone that's avoidant, whether that's fearful or dismissive. They can look very similar, So that's why we're going to put those together. Now, those who are avoidantly attached have deep-rooted fear around losing autonomy, freedom, and independence due to being in a relationship. So there's going to be this push and pull at all times in the relationship where if this person feels almost too close or like their independence is um, in jeopardy, then they might pull away because their independence and their autonomy is how they know how to protect themselves. So um, don't be surprised. I have had clients, multiple clients and couples bring up that they had a great day at some point. And then, you know, after having such a good time with their partner, the crap hit the fan, you know? And so I think that that has a potential to happen because the better we feel 
if we're used to things going wrong or we don't really feel like we can trust when good things are happening because you're waiting for the other shoe to drop, that we kind of self-sabotage or we need to take space because we're bracing for a blow. So that'll oftentimes happen with those who are avoidant. Things will be going great. And then all of a sudden, it's like it, things take a turn. So keep an eye out for that. Those times where your partner might get um, overwhelmed, essentially, and need to take space because they're trying to regulate themselves. So those with anxious attachment styles or a tendency to to be anxiously attached uh it seems like prefer co-regulation, if that makes sense. So would like to regulate with their partner. Um, external regulation is helpful for those who are anxiously attached. We want to talk it out. We want to resolve the issue as quickly as possible um, with our partner. Now, those of us who are on the avoidant side, we might need space in order to to process. And that processing might take longer than our partner, longer than someone who's anxiously attached or secure. And so what we don't want, because it becomes a cycle, right? What we don't want is to continually trigger each other for things to continue to get worse in the relationship. So if we have, let's say someone is triggered, the fearful avoidant person wants to get out of dodge, right? Because their primary response is to flee um, of the fight, flight, or flee. They want to get out. They need space. They need time. That space and time then triggers the anxious person to feel a fear of rejection. And then that rejection, the fighting, or that um, their primary response is to is to fight, let's say, and resolve things, figure things out. Fighting doesn't necessarily mean cussing and arguing. Fighting just means um, trying to trying to come to a resolution sometimes. Then that process of pushing more kind of continues to trigger the avoidant person, which continues to, to trigger the anxious person. And so it can really get a little hectic if we don't really get a good grip on our self-awareness to see what's going on and interrupt the cycle as quickly as we possibly can. The, the goal would be to avoid getting heightened um, emotionally to the, place, the point where we're flooding and we can't control our responses. Now, obviously none of us are perfect. So we're going to kind of have misfires in the relationship if that makes sense where things do kind of get out of hand we emotionally get overwhelmed or flooded and we have a disagreement that's not fun now uh as you learn more about yourself you have the responsibility to when you're able interrupt the cycle just as your partner as they learn and understand themselves better has that opportunity as well you know know better do better you've heard the saying so this is me putting you on notice no i'm kidding i'm not putting, <laughs> I'm not putting you on notice but i am i'm just saying okay um so back to dating someone who's avoidant because obviously i'm getting off topic here for someone who's avoidant it's going to look like they don't care at times. So it's going to feel like, does this person even, are they in, are they invested? Like, do they even love me? Because the way that they act, like they don't say it often. They don't seem like they need the same reassurance or validation like I do. Um, they'll easily ghost me or cut me off or take space, which makes me feel like they don't care. And just because the person is avoidant doesn't mean they don't have feelings. They're not sociopaths necessarily. It's just um, 
that that regulation piece happens independently because that's what they learned growing up oftentimes is that they have they were forced to regulate themselves by themselves they didn't have help they weren't supported in that maybe um or or it was inconsistent they couldn't trust that it was going to 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 consistently happen for them therefore they do it by themselves right in some ways that can be really helpful in other ways it can be challenging when you're in a relationship so Keep in mind that we want to be assuming positive intent in our relationship, okay? We want to assume that our partner isn't doing things on purpose to hurt our feelings because they know that I hate it when they walk away when we're in an argument. So we don't want to become enemies of our partner. We want to continue and remain to be allies. In the beginning of a relationship, it's easy to be an ally with your with your partner and then the closer we get, there's this weird reverse situation where the closer we get, the more of a threat that partner becomes, which then results in me versus you. So when a problem arises, instead of working together as a team, we are working against each other because we see them as the problem instead of the problem as its own entity and us as partners to overcome that challenge together. So as much as possible, Remind yourself of the intent um, that your partner is most likely, unless they are a sociopath, unless they are abusive, a narcissist, or something like that, that they are most likely not trying to, on purpose, hurt your feelings. They're just trying to calm down and regulate themselves so as not to hurt your feelings. We also want to take the time to give them space, which can be really difficult if you're an anxiously attached um, person. It's difficult finding a compromise in a middle ground between what you wanting to resolve things as soon as possible and your partner may be needing time and being able to have that space in between so that you're both kind of getting your needs met. How do we compromise and say, can we table this uh, for an hour so I can go for a walk Um, and that would be if you are watching your partner become overwhelmed and become more and more distant right then you can be the one to say all right can we talk about this in an hour can we talk about this tomorrow Um, and be able to have a a time set to revisit the conversation knowing that even when we revisit the conversation we might come back to it and say all right we need some more time and allowing for that to be okay now the person that's uh avoidant can reassure the anxious partner to say i need some time to process but i'm not going anywhere as far as the relationship ending relationships can withstand pretty much anything except for a threat to the continuance of the relationship so um if you know that you whenever you have whenever you need space and you have a tendency to leave physically or you can be in the same room and your eyes can glass over and you're no longer you know (laughs) i don't know spiritually there like you're physically there but you're not actually there um and you can reassure your partner and saying i love you i'm not leaving the relationship the, our relationship is gonna make it through this fight I just need some time to process and to to regulate myself whatever that looks like in your words because obviously I'm a therapist so I weird I use weird language um but again whoever has the awareness and the ability to interrupt the cycle as quickly as possible 
hopefully will take that chance because in the long run, it's going to benefit the relationship, the health of the relationship. You want to think of your relationship as a living thing and you have been charged with taking care of this living thing because you're two living human beings that are in the relationship. So again, you want to be thinking about those things if you are uh, either yourself avoidant or dating someone that's avoidant. We also want to do our own work if we're dating someone that's avoidant because the more we do our own work and the better off we are in being able to regulate ourselves or knowing what we need to regulate, the better able we are to communicate our needs and to help co-regulate or meet someone else's needs. So if I'm less easily triggered, then when my partner does certain things, it's not going to get to me. Um, or I'm not going to take it as personally, or it's not going to get to me as much as if I were not doing my own work. So I would highly recommend um, to dig into your own attachment and your own history, and whether it's your relationships or uh, you know how you grew up or whatever, so that you're better equipped for your relationship with uh, your partner. I think that patience is key obviously it's going to take a lot of patience if you are in a relationship with someone who has a tendency to need space and you are the opposite of that it might be easier if you're securely attached or it might be difficult because you don't understand why they are the way that they are if you're securely attached you're like huh you don't get as upset as someone who's insecurely attached and so you might wonder like this seems kind of blown out of proportion and I'm not sure why this turned into such a big issue. So having the patience to know that for that person, it feels like a big issue and we need to honor their experience, not to make excuse for how they react, but to honor their experience because for them it is real. The last thing I want to say before hopping off of here is that We want to remember that our relationships can either provide us the opportunity to heal with, for, and in conjunction to one another, or it could give us the opportunity for further harm and hurt. And we have the ability, especially when we are self-aware enough to see what's going on, to choose which path we want our relationship to go down. And so I hope that in understanding and listening to these attachment episodes, you're able to, you know, really choose consciously, intentionally to help yourself to heal and to help your partner to heal as much as you can, you know, co-create and cultivate a relationship where that healing can thrive. I am taking requests for podcast episodes. I have such a list that I'm, I'm trying to work through here, so bear with me, but I'm so excited that you're finding the podcast helpful. I get messages every day about how um, how helpful it is, and it makes me encouraged to continue to share the information and get it out there. If you haven't already subscribed, please do, as well as sharing the podcast, leaving a review, 
supporting uh, through Anchor. You can support by becoming a monthly sponsor so that I can improve the quality of the show and sign up for the email list. If you haven't signed up for the email list, please do because that's the, the inner circle. That's the tribe where you get first information about what's going on and I send additional resources and information there. So I want you to be a part of the family. So make sure that you sign up and then send me a DM that you signed up so I can say, hey, but until next time, I will, I will continue to compile what I can to help us all to collectively move forward together. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, you have a few options. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it, and you'll be notified as new episodes are uploaded. You can also leave a review or send me your feedback. Doing so helps me to create content that's relevant to what you want to hear about. And last, you can share the podcast with a friend. Whether it's directly or sharing it on your social media, it helps them to know that you think that this is information that they need to hear about. Thank you.